0: Are you ready for some football? Thursday night football, prime time. Bucks, Patriots, we'll break it down, and give you our keys to victory and our predictions on this edition of the Rick and Tom podcast. Hey, everyone, welcome in. Tom Jones, Rick Straub, Tampa Bay Times. Thanks for listening. For those who have subscribed, thanks. For those who haven't, why haven't you? Please do. The hell's your that, problem. People. Exactly. We're here each and every <laughs> day talking Tampa Bay sports. And Rick, Thursday night uh, is one of the most anticipated Bucks regular season games in years. Arguably the greatest franchise ever, with arguably the greatest quarterback ever, with arguably the greatest coach ever, all coming to Tampa Bay. Belichick, Brady, Gronk, the Patriots. This should be interesting.
1: You forgot the greatest broadcaster ever. Hello, friends.
0: Hello, friends. Jim Nance. Jim Nance. And Tony Romo. Yeah. You you haven't heard Romo. You haven't heard Romo yet, have you? I did hear him.
1: I heard him last Thursday night, actually. Oh, yeah. What'd you think? I thought he was very good. Like, I had heard when he first did his first game, like, he was predicting every play, which is really get old to me, because that's what I like to do, Um, (laughs) but I don't want Tony Romo doing it for me, and I guess he got away from that, but, you know, the one thing about him is he's, like, really natural, um, doesn't look like, he makes it look flawless, and we all know that it it is not, Right. Um, so, yeah, and of course, he knows, he understands football, but uh, I thought he was excellent, I really did.
0: Thursday night football Rick and it, it, again it's another test it hasn't been since what last season I guess when the they the Bucks were flexed into a Sunday night game I think it was right the the Bucks Cowboys game I believe that's the that's last true. time there's been a lot of national attention and the Bucks they kind of failed that test they they lost that that night to Dallas and that pretty much put their playoff hopes Pretty much ended them at that point, or just about. And now they get another chance. Again, there's a lot of talk about how good is this Bucks team. They're going to be on national television. Uh, I think they're going to show up. I think they're going to play okay. I think this. I think they'll be ready for prime time this time around.
1: Well, they haven't been. I mean, although I would say that you know the Dallas game, despite some early turnovers, they actually led that game in the fourth quarter at one point, and I thought they played pretty well until you know they lo- lost their right tackle, and then things fell apart. Um, and, and really had a chance. But they had won five in a row at that point. So that was probably one of the biggest games they played in a while just in terms of what it meant. And it did eventually knock them out of the playoffs down the road. But if you think about you know, a national televised game at, at Raymond James, you know, it's different than if you're going on the road someplace. And, and really, the NFL is about the fans. It's about um, you know, the postseason where the fans can really enjoy it. And, and there hasn't been that for 10 years here. So just looking back, I mean, you know, you have the defending Super Bowl champions, which is rare, uh, a team from the AFC that they rarely play, uh, with a quarterback who even at 40, you know, is is the MVP and Tom Brady, and still somehow seems to be getting better with age, if that's possible. So mm-hmm. you factor all those things in, and I was trying to think, you know, the last time that a game sort of took on this meaning. Now, it's early in the season. I get that. And, right. And who knows what the Bucks' record will be. But right now, it's 2-1. and one. They have a little momentum from their Sunday game against the Giants. Um, the Patriots are uncharacteristically 2-2. Two and two, But everybody, I think, still believes that they're probably going to win that division somehow. So when you put all that together and the fact they won the Super Bowl, it, 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 I think you have to go back to 2000, uh, the year after the Bucks lost to the Rams, who won the Super Bowl. Remember they lost him in the NFC championship game six to five. Uh or it was six to five. They lost eleven to six. Right. And and you know, they played him the next year on a Monday night uh in at at uh at Raymond James and it was a shootout. Nobody thought it would be, but it was like a thirty five to thirty Two game or something like that. So, Bucks,
0: I think so. I was talk- I looked up some of these games the other day because I did a column yeah. on is this the biggest regular season game in Bucks mm-hmm. history and I and I listed them and a lot of people look back as I look back at that game. A lot yeah. of people claim that Rams game is the greatest regular season Bucks game ever. And it may it was, be.
1: It was. It's still listed as one of the top Monday night football games. Um, yeah. When they do those things, so. You know, for the fact that you have a defending Super Bowl champ and they're not really rivals per se, like they had a little bit of a rivalry there for the for a while with the Rams. But um, this is, you know, this is a pretty cool marquee event in in, uh, in the Tampa Bay area.
0: I still think nationally, Rick, people are looking at this franchise, the Bucks, a little sideways. I think everybody just from watching shows like Pardon the Interruption and Pro Football Talk and all that. People want to jump aboard the Bucks bandwagon. They want to get on board with Jameis Winston. They want to believe that this is the next uh, young team, the next you know, chic team to, to pick, to to step into uh, that that next level. And yet, I think they're waiting to see. And I think it's the same thing in Tampa Bay. We're waiting to see if the team is ever going to take that step. We think they have the makings of a pretty good football franchise here, That that there's some good years about to come. But we're waiting for it to start, and we got a little taste last year nine and seven did make the playoffs, stumbled in a couple of games that that really cost them. And now I still think Rick, we're waiting for that moment, and I think this Thursday night c- could be that moment if they could beat the Patriots, as down as the Patriots might be, and maybe maybe it turns out New England's not that good. I still think they are, but maybe they're not. But I I, I think this would would could be that moment where everybody jumps on board and said, okay. Jameis has figured it out. Dirk has figured it out. This is the team that's ready to go from that, you know, 500 mediocre to the next level of being a, a real playoff team.
1: Yeah, it's a big opportunity, and that's really what I think they have to take it as. I mean, the, the win on Sunday, you know, gave them, um, you know, sort of the kind of confidence they, they should have to to beat a team like like New England, the way they're playing now. Now, I don't expect, you know, New England that's giving up you know, 30 points a game right now to play that way on defense. They had some just absolute breakdowns where they set guys free uh, against Carolina. I wouldn't think that's going to be the case. But it is, you know, it, it is a chance to show the nation. And, and traditionally, the Bucks haven't done well on primetime games of late, especially Thursday night. I think they're like 2-6. and six. Yeah. Um, so you know, and, and we've seen with, games with some where,
0: real disasters too. Like yeah, Atlanta J- game.
1: Jameis. Uh, you know, the Atlanta game, uh, Jameis against the Rams in St. Louis when we first found out about Case Keenum's mastery of Tampa Bay, <laughs> that he actually owns the team, not the Glazers. It's actually Case Keenum is the owner. Um, and so you know, I, I think that we know that Jameis Winston, as, as most most guys in 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 the league you know they're they're performers right so the bigger the stage the more geeked up they get and it's the only game on tv it's the only game being played you know whether other people are working or not doesn't seem to bother the nfl but it's the only (laughs) game on tv so all their peers will have a chance to watch and when that's the case you know the only other way that that happens is if you make the playoffs and the bucks clearly haven't for a decade so this is their their chance to shine and I think that, you know, Jameis has won national championships. He's played on big stages before. He usually performs okay. But, you know, he also has sort of a tendency to be overhyped. And and football is a sport where, you know, effort is a good thing and, and mm-hmm. being, you know, amped up is usually a good thing, unless you're the quarterback. And then the ball can sail a little bit on you, or the starting pitcher. Right. So right. I, I think that Jameis is gonna have to control that. Um, you know these guys. Both teams are going to be kind of worn out. You know, having had no time because Thursday night football is, is, is just a disaster uh, in terms of what it does to players and, and coaches, for that matter. But I, I'm, I would think that if, if you're a Tampa Bay fan, th- this is as good as it has gotten in quite a while. Because you're right, win this game, and you know everybody, you're going to have to need you're going to need a bigger bandwagon because people will be on it at three and one. Um, you know, going to Arizona. I think they pe- feel pretty good about themselves.
0: I think, Rick, and you talk about this all the time, uh, you never know how what the schedule is going to turn out to be. You never know in, in two weeks from now a game that looks winnable suddenly looks sure. like it could be a loss or vice versa. Injuries happen. Just things happen over the course of a season. Teams aren't as good as you think they're going to be or other teams are better than you thought they were going to be. But if you'd have told me before the season that you look at the first quarter and they play – the giants and the patriots within 5 days of one another and had a tough trip to minnesota and you would you would think that the chicago game was going to be a win but if you told me before the season started they would go 3 and 1 through the first quarter of the season absolutely every day of the week i think the bucks will take that now it may not be the the route that, that we thought they'd get there at 3 mm-hmm. and 1 but uh, but if they win that game yeah i think they'll they'll come out of this uh, feeling really good about themselves and I look Rick I think they got a chance in this game you mentioned the Patriots defense really struggling looking it up it's amazing only the Colts have given up more points in the NFL through four weeks than the New England Patriots it's 128 points they've given up that's shocking when you think about a team coached by Bill Belichick and you've seen some of these games Rick they're giving up big splash plays all over the place
1: Yeah, it's been weird because, um, you know, they went and got uh, Stephon Gilmore, who was was an excellent – is an excellent corner from Buffalo. Uh, But he's had – there's been a lot of communication problems. First of all, I think their front seven is not very good. I mean, teams have been able to run the ball on them. They certainly can throw the ball. Um, They're not getting a ton of pressure. They're getting out – teams are getting out on the perimeter. I mean, at one point last week, I think they moved Dante Hightower – um, you know, on the edge just to, to try to set an edge because they were just going anytime they wanted it. They got it. And, you know, Malcolm Butler, I mean, you, they, you look at the names, you say, well, Devin McCourty, Butler, Gilmore, they should have a pretty good secondary. Um, but it, but they've they've set guys free. They got hurt last week, especially in these – bunch formations where it looked like they were trying to do a little different things, you know, trying to guard against rub routes and things like that. And I'm sure Dirk will will try to confuse them and, and see if they can have more breakdowns. You just wouldn't expect it this week because I think Belichick is the ultimate do-your-job-get-it-fixed guy. And, and he's got to be embarrassed since the defensive side of the ball is sort of what he coaches, even though, you know, he has Matt Patricia as the defensive coordinator. But I, I still think that, you know, you'll get – the thing that the Bucks don't know is what they don't know. I mean, I guess they're fortunate in that it's a short week because, you know, Belichick is one of these guys, as, as Dirk de Cutter, Cutter described it, he has sort of an amoeba defense. Like one week it can be an over defense, then it can be, you know, an under, then it can be a 3-4, then it can be everybody standing up and no one's, you know, in a three-point stand. I mean, he literally just kind of creates things based on matchups and, and who they're playing. So they're not going to be sure going into the game exactly how New England is going to attack them, which could be totally different than anything they saw against Carolina or anybody else they played. So that's when I think, you know, Dirk and his staff will have to adjust. We know sort of what New England's offense is. It's Tom Brady and it's those receivers um, with the occasional, you know, uh, throws to the running backs or whatnot. But we don't really know what to expect. And it's shocking that, that that the, you know, I mean... The Patriots have won Super Bowls when their defense was ranked last. It's not so sure, much that. Yeah, it's just yeah. that It's just that the points, you know, they normally don't mm-hmm. give up the, those kinds of points. And I think it'll take 30 points yes. to win this football game.
0: I agree with you 100% on that. That's why I think Deshaun Jackson is going to be so important in this game, Rick, because first off, I think they're going to have to have some big splash plays. But you mentioned about Belichick, and look, he'll he'll shut down what you do best. And I think what the Bucs do best right now is get the ball to Mike Evans. I wouldn't be surprised if they totally shut Mike Evans down because that might be their plan going in. They can run the ball a little bit with Doug Martin, but I I think this is – we talked about Deshaun Jackson all week, and you've talked to him and you're continuing to talk about – the impact that he needs to have on this game and on this team for the, the whole season. I think this is a game where, boy, if you could bust him open early and get him a couple of deep balls, it could change the whole complexion of the game. I think that he has to be huge this game.
1: Well, I think Deshaun Jackson is here for a reason, and it's it's to, to push them to another level and to have the sort of explosive plays you need to beat or to match New England, which is going to have explosive plays. That's what they didn't have last year. And if you think that, you know, Jameis Winston is, is you know, clicking with Mike Evans and Adam Humphreys and Cameron Brait. Well, he did that last year, and they were 9-7. and seven. So uh, I looked at, you know, I went back and looked at the 20 throws that Jameis has had to Deshaun, the 20 targets, and it, it's kind of interesting. I mean, you know, including some that were caught. And there were four passes that were behind him. Two were just underthrown or, or just short. Uh, a couple were underthrown. Uh, and there was two that were just bad protection. And he had to get rid of the ball. One he chucked out of bounds. One, you know, one was high. I mean, there's all kinds of, and there's like maybe one bad read that resulted in an interception. But for the most part, you know, Deshaun is winning uh, on routes that you know maybe you don't hit them all. But the dude is three when he when he targets Deshaun Jackson on throws of more than 15 yards. He's three of 11. Hmm. That's not good. Just no. 15 yards plus three of 11. And that you know, and just the percentage of you know to have nine receptions in twenty attempts, I think that's like the f- fifth worst percentage of targets to catches in the league, wow, for guys that qualify.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's a, it's yeah, that's it's stunning. not been good, and it and they have to get better for sure. No, they need to get better, and I agree with you, Rick. They're going to have to score. I think thirty points is the over under on this game. If I think the the Patriots will definitely score there, I started looking at Brady's numbers. Then you mentioned Tom Brady, age forty. Guy hasn't eaten a tomato like in 10 years or some crazy thing. He's a freak in nature, is what he is. But I'm looking at his numbers in his first four games. Just listen to these. He threw for 307 yards, then yeah. 378 yards, then 447 yards. Last week, an off week, 267. He's on pace, Rick. And I, I can't imagine he's going to keep it up, but he's on pace to throw for 5,600 yards through four games. And mm-hmm. Now, that would, that would shatter his record. He's never thrown anywhere near that. And you look at the guys he throws to, mostly he throws to Gronk. That's He's still the main threat. Uh, James White out of the backfield. Their receivers, they kind of spread it out, and I know they're banged up at receiver. This year, they're good,
1: though. I mean, this year, he's yeah. throwing a ball down the field to Brandon Cooks, and he's throwing it down the field to Chris Hogan.
0: But, like, but still, Gronk and White, I mean, if you can – Gronk's going to be a guy who – that's a guy that he uh, clearly loves, and why wouldn't oh, he? He's the best tight end in mm-hmm. football. I I, I wonder how this Bucks defense attacks this offense, Rick. Because I'm guessing, although you mentioned this the other day, Brady's getting hit a little bit more than he's normally accustomed to being hit. But I I don't, I don't even know how you, if you're Mike Smith, how do you how do you attack this offense?
1: Well, I think Mike Smith has to try to do something different um, than he's been doing. And when I say that, I think that you know if Case Keenum's able to throw the ball the way he did. You know, Eli Manning did not have a lot of pressure. They just played great coverage. They've not had him kind of in concert, really. Um, They have one sack on the year. And even though Brady's been hit, I'm not sure he's going to get hit by these guys. So, you know, the best thing they can do is have some success on first down uh, as a defense, whatever that is, you know, if that's tackling James White on a swing pass, stopping the run. And try to make sure that you know they know when Brady's going to throw because he could throw on an any down. But if they know if they get if they get him behind the chains a little bit, then they can bring pressure. But you know the thing about Brady is is that what hasn't he seen? I mean the guy's forty years old. Yeah. And in talking to Mike Smith, it's like not only does he correctly diagnose what you're doing, but he understands leverage in terms of like how guys receivers are being defended. And if a guy has outside leverage, he throws it inside. If a guy has inside leverage, he, throw, he puts the ball, his ball placement and his arm strength um, has gotten better over the years, which is weird, but it has. And so he can, you know, even when you have the right defense called and you have pretty good coverage, he can find ways of making throws. I mean, we saw what he did against Atlanta last year in the Super Bowl. So I just think this is – one of those times, and I don't know how many more times we're going you know, Tampa fans will have a chance to go see Tom Brady. There'll be a lot of Patriots fans there too, obviously. But this is this is right now the guy with the most Super Bowl rings at quarterback in the history of football. And mm-hmm. there's a reason why. And if he's on, you're not gonna beat him on Thursday night. You're just not not with the Bucks defense, maybe not with any defense.
0: He's look the bad the bad thing for any team playing He's not going to throw you to football. He's he's no interceptions no. this year. I think incredible. he threw two. He threw two, two last, last year. year. Yeah, I mean it's incredible. Yeah, so it's uh, he's a guy that's not going to give you to football. Um, it's hard to sack him. He's going to make the right. right throws all the time. As far as going to see him, people have, you have plenty of time to go see Tom Brady. The guy's going to play till he's 60. I'm convinced of it. He's going to play, he's going to play. To, he's a vampire or something. I don't know what he's, what he's drinking, what who do he's you eating. Think,
1: who do you think, uh, let me ask you this question. So, you, will Brady and Belichick go out together or will there be a post-Patriot-Belichick team when Brady is gone with Jimmy Garoppolo or somebody like that?
0: Wow, that's really good. I, would
1: you think Belichick tiring of Tom Brady getting a lot of the credit? This is a great debate, right? Who's more responsible? But do you think Belichick will say, hmm, you know, I got nothing to prove either. I'm out when Tom goes. Or will he say, watch this. You think it was all Tom? I'm going to win one more.
0: I think he's going to stay. I think he's going to stay. I think he'll stay past Brady. Now, I'm assuming that Brady's going to quit sometime in the next... Four years, like he's not going to play more than three or four years. I mean, He'll play to like I can't
1: imagine how 43. nature wouldn't catch up to him like everybody else.
0: Well, you would think, but Check I have never seen a guy play it at this level at age forty. But I let's know. say he plays, let's say he plays two more years, like conservatively, plays two, okay. you know, two more after this one. And Belichick is still has the. De- hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May seventeenth. Do you want to tell people the big news? Uh, sure. I don't know what else he's I don't know what other interest he has. I don't he know he has if he's, no
1: real other interest, yeah. Yeah.
0: So he's I mean he strikes me like Nick Saban, like he, I don't know what else he would do with his life. But yeah. I think I think he'll keep on he'll keep on coaching. We had an interesting round table uh in our Tampa Bay Times, Rick, where we were asked to pick who has more of an impact, Brady or Belichick on the New England Patriots. And for my answer, I started to write Brady and all the reasons why I thought Brady had more of an impact because why wouldn't you think a player who is actually physically on the field wouldn't have more of an impact than a guy who's standing on the sidelines? But I changed my mind about midway through my answer because I couldn't convince myself. I think Belichick has had more of an impact. And the reason I think that, Rick, is because the year that Brady got hurt in the opening game of the season – Matt Castle, who was a nobody before that, and pretty much we found out a nobody after that, still went out and led that team to an eleven and five record. They didn't make the playoffs. It was weird to win eleven games, and not make the playoffs. And then last year, Brady suspended for the first four games. I didn't even notice. He didn't even notice he wasn't there. That's how good this team is. I think I think it's Belichick. Although, I mean, again, I know it sounds crazy to say, you know, in when we were always arguing about how it's always a player league, that I think I think Belichick's had more of an impact on this franchise than than Brady has. Is that crazy?
1: Well, it's one side of the argument. Um, I don't think it's crazy. I I think, you know, really there's not a wrong decision here. It's just all opinion. I mean, clearly Belichick is, you know, what he's accomplished is right there. Five championships with Lombardi. So he's, you know, he's in that conversation, greatest of all time. You can't dispute that. I mean, just because of his record, because of what he's done as a coach, you compare apples to apples. You compare him to coaches, and and that's what who he is, and he's you know phenomenal. However, the only constant he has through those five Super Bowls is one player, and that's Tom Brady. Right. And what I would say is is that you mentioned Matt Castle. Sure, he took Matt Castle and won 11 games. They didn't make the playoffs, and they damn sure didn't win the Super Bowl. Right. Uh, you know. Josh Freeman, you know Raheem Morris won ten games with Josh Freeman. Does that mean Raheem Morris is a great, great head coach? I mean, it's one year. So any given one right. year, with the right team and the right breaks, and you know, if we're just if we're just counting records, uh, you know, people have done that in the past. Uh, it's it's the sustained success, and moreover the championships that you look at. And I really think, and and look, maybe Brady isn't Brady without Belichick. Maybe Belichick was the guy that inspired him, pushed the buttons, drove him uh, the synergy, taught him football, um, knew, knew how to inspire him, all those things, and that's why they've been such a great team together. But I'm just telling you, I mean, players play. And I think even yeah. Belichick would tell you that. Players play. Bill Belichick never threw a touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. He just didn't. Hell, he didn't even call an offensive play, I would imagine. That's um, right he game planned and he did things like that. I mean, he's been a great coach and he's surrounded Brady, not always with elite big name players, but he knew how the, how, how the sum of the parts were, you know, were, were the most important thing. And I, I think he's been, you know, a brilliant strategist and a brilliant head coach. And, and to some extent, probably a better GM than most people give him credit for. But I think that the quarterback is that good. I think he's that special. Joe Montana won four. It's true that Steve Young won one after that. They're both in the Hall of Fame. Bill Walsh was a tremendous coach. He didn't win a Super Bowl without Joe Montana. Um, so it's, it's kind of, you know, it, it is a chicken or the egg thing, but I, I, I give the credit to the, to the player, in yeah. my opinion. That's just me.
0: No, I understand it. Let me ask you this question, and this is, again, an impossible question to answer, and I don't, I don't even know the right answer myself. If I gave you the choice, you're the owner of the Tampa Bay box. We're just talking for one year. We're not talking mm-hmm. about for the next ten years or what it means in the future. But for one year, I could trade you could either trade Dirk Cutter for Bill Belichick. And so Belichick would be in Tampa Bay and Jameis Winston would be his quarterback. Or you could trade Jameis Winston to New England for Tom Brady. And Dirk Cutter and Tom Brady would be together here in Tampa Bay. Which would you choose? Would you rather have basically what would you for rather one have? year? For one year, just for this year, with the mm. weapons that they have now, with yeah. Jackson, Evans, you yeah. know, Doug Martin, OJ Howard, all that, so, you know, Adam Humphries. For
1: name. one year, I would take the quarterback, mm-hmm. because I think I think there's enough around. There would be enough around Tom Brady. See, I'm one of these guys. You know, I, I love coaches, and I, I'm not minimizing. Seriously, I'm not minimizing what they do. They no, work right. no. incredible hours. Dirk Cutter is a play caller and a head coach. This is in no way to, you know, to downgrade anybody that has that job because it's insane. It's an insane amount of work, and they earn sure. every win. It, it, it's hard to win. It's hard to get a first down, you know what I mean? <laughs> so one of those things. But, okay, when you have great talent, right, you yeah. can screw it up. But when you have great talent, I mean, they're not teaching Helen Keller how to read here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this, this is not, you know, <laughs> Annie Sullivan trying to figure this out. <laughs> I mean, this is football, you know. And if I've got great, a great, you know, big ball of clay to work with, I might make a picture out of it or a sculpture out of it. I mean, these guys are talented. I don't know what our record would be if you and I coach Jameis Winston. We're not going to lose them all, you know. I no. think a lot of guys could coach Tom Brady, and I think a lot of guys could coach Jameis Winston, and I think they would all be pretty successful because yeah, I think that's what I was saying. Like if those you guys gave, have real- talent.
0: If you gave Bill Belichick Jameis Winston, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he could get to the Super Bowl with that, you know. He might. He might, but yeah.
1: I think you'd have a better chance with Brady just because Jameis is in a different place in his career. Right. How much how much in one season Belichick could accelerate, you know, sort of what Jameis mm-hmm. is already capable of? I don't right. know. But I know Brady's already there. <laughs> he's already no, exactly. in the advance he's already in the advanced courses. He's not taking remedial anything.
0: No, and we look. We've seen other coaches in other sports. Phil Jackson had, you know, it was easy to win championships with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, and then with Shaq and and Kobe yeah. Bryant, and then he goes and takes over to New York Knicks, and How'd that <laughs> go? Turned to, turns into a train wreck. I know he wasn't coaching, but he was he was running the show there. Uh, no, it's interesting. I think. What do you think about? You asked me about Belichick and Brady. Will Belichick stick around after Brady retires? What do you think?
1: Um. I actually think that yes, I think I think this is going to s- sound like heresy, but I, I actually think Brady's going to play for somebody else before he's done. Do you, I don't
0: you think, Ang- think Belichick will do what he's I always don't think, done, which is get rid of a guy yes, a year. Before I don't think
1: he's the New done. England Patriots. Now, it could be that they kind of agree, yeah, probably won enough Super Bowls and you should stay home now, or maybe Giselle tells him it's time. Yeah, short of Brady deciding, you know, before Belichick does Belichick will move on to somebody else. I don't. And Brady has said this. Brady has said there's no sacred cows in this organization. I don't think I'm one, you know, right. when when they right. when they decide that my better years are, are pretty much behind me and I'm on the decline to the point where, you know, it's time to move on. They'll move me because the Patriots have been always that team that you know, lets guys go a year or two too soon rather than too late when they have no value. And
0: look, I mean, the 49ers let Joe Montana go to Kansas City, right? Oh, I it, mean, it's, it's you go all around the league. O.J. Simpson happens all finished the time. his career out. Well, Joe Namath finished his career somewhere else. Yeah, it. Johnny it's Unitas. It's, it's, I yeah, mean, yeah.
1: If, if you stay at the party too long, it's going to be like, you don't have to go home, but you, don't, you can't stay here. Right. And and I think that that may actually happen if, if you know, Unless unless Belichick has some some plan of you know, hanging it up the same year Tom does or before Tom does, but like you said, what would he do?
0: Right. I wonder if Belichick would ever coach anywhere else but New England. I mean, I'm sure New England will keep him as long as he, he wants to be there, but I wonder if he uh, would ever just pick up and say, ah, eh, I'm going to take over a new challenge and, and coach I'll
1: tell you, no. I'll, t- I'll tell you that I don't think so, and here's why. I don't think he would trust another owner the way he trusts mm-hmm. Bob Kraft. Yeah. I, I think – would, I think it would be really hard. He worked for the Browns. He worked for the Giants. He's worked for different teams. I think it would be really hard for him to have the kind of relationship and trust of an ownership the way he does with Bob Craft. That would surprise me.
0: You know what Unless I always talk about? Eddie, Galchick- Eddie
1: DeBartolo owns a team or something. I don't know.
0: Right, right. I always thought Belichick would be he would have made a heck of a college coach. I think he'd have been a really good college football coach. And I, I don't know if he would have liked the recruiting aspect of it, but as far as just working with kids and, and I think he would have I think he'd have been really good. I think he'd have been saving in college. Well his dad was one. It. Yeah. Right. And
1: Nick and, and Nick Nick is very Belichicky and they have a lot of friends and, and spend time together and, and he could have he could have done exactly what Nick said. He would have dominated college football. I think he would dominate youth football. I think he would dominate yeah. high school football. I mean, does mm-hmm. you know he's he's just that he's just that good. I mean, he can, you know, it's the old bump, What was it the old bump filling? So he can take his and and urine and beat urine with his in or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, that's kind of who Belichick is, even though he's an odd bird for sure. He is. But I, I it's going to be a great match. It's funny because he's very complimentary of Dirk Cutter and and you know his offense and how they self scout and they don't show tendencies and these things. And then Dirk kind of threw us under the bus and said, "And what did you guys say? What did the media? Did you agree with them?"
0: <laughs> so we
1: had no comment at all. And he goes, oh, well, I, thought I got all a we comment.
0: Did... I got a comment right now, Rick. I'm pay- I'm going on a limb. I'm picking the Bucks to win this game. Ooh, I think baby. they're gonna. I think they're gonna score. I think I predicted the score in the paper. I think it was thirty-four, thirty-one. I think they are wow. gonna have to score more than thirty points. Now it may You're take getting it's soft, man. I know. I don't know what's happened to me. I what's think wrong it might with take. You? Well, I picked him to win all three games. I've been right twice. So two out of you know, I actually meet, picked him to lose love.
1: against I I picked him to lose against the Giants. And uh and then and Nick Nick Folk went against the you know, the the little right. inside we had going and then, you know. Then he made the field goal he wasn't supposed to make.
0: I think they win. I think they score. Now it may take they may have to get some sort of crazy play, maybe a defensive touchdown a like, you know, a fumble return for a touchdown or a punt well, it'll return be crazy. It'll be or something crazy, like right. that or a blocked punt. Like it may take a play on special teams or they, they may need to pick up seven points a, in a cheap way like that. Not a cheap way, but in a, in a different type of way. They may have to uh, score
1: every way you can score. Defense, yeah. offense and special
0: teams. Well, they could. They're going to have to score at least 30, but I think they're going to do it. I think Deshaun Jackson's going to have a big splash play, a 70 yarder. Something wow. like that, I I really I just I've watched this Patriots defense and I watched the way they've been shredded by teams like Kansas City and, uh, and I think, Thomas. I yeah, I I think the Bucks find find a way to score a bunch of points. I think they win this game.
1: Well, well, I tell you, if they do, that stadium for the remaining Bucks fans after the Patriot fans leave will be lit. I mean, that would be quite the atmosphere and quite the victory and. Something like that over the world champs, unless you get, you know, over your skis too much, could really propel them into a one hell of a year. Because even if they lose, there will be two and two and you're one game out. Everybody has a loss in the NFC South right now. There actually would be a game and a half. Right. Some, most teams have all played four, but there's some bye weeks coming up. So, you know, they're not going to be. Look, you just this year in the NFC South, in particular, I I think you just have to keep pace because the division is really going to be decided the last two months because nobody plays anybody until the last week of like September, beginning of October. Yeah, I'm sorry, beginning of October, uh, beginning of November, last week of October. I'm sorry.
0: No, you. I think it's all going to come down to those those six games that you play against everybody else. You you win those games, and whoever whoever has the best record within the division will win the division. Uh, that's I, I agree with you on that one. So, uh, but we'll be live from uh, one or from Raymond James Stadium. We'll do the podcast immediately following Thursday night's game, and then we'll have that up for you first thing Friday morning. So we'll give you the latest.
1: And that is uh, first thing the, Friday morning.
0: That yeah, is first. Yeah, we will be first <laughs> thing Friday. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, live. Hey, Rick. Be, before we go, uh, some college football. We'll just hit it a little bit quickly uh, this uh, this weekend, assuming these games are played because. Lo and behold, there's another tropical storm. Slash it's unbelievable, skin. by the way. I know. I'm hoping. I, I got a good feeling about this one. Although, here's the thing. We're not in the cone yet. You want to be in the cone of uncertainty like five days out because it never stays that way. So no. I'm a little nervous that we're not in the cone right at the moment. Yeah. You know, but. I anyways, still got water up-
1: from the last hurricane. So I don't know. Should I go by more? I mean, what?
0: No, if you have water, don't get rid of it. Save it. I still got plywood up on one side of my house. I haven't taken it down. I'm gonna leave. Oh, it you up
1: did the plywood like thing?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you hammer it oh, yeah. into? I'm curious. You drill it in. You have you have it's like concrete drill, and you drill holes in your wall, and then you just drill it into your wall. There, yeah, into I'm the side there. of the house.
1: Yeah. I'm not going there.
0: <laughs> well, you have a yeah. You have too many windows in your house. It'd take you all day to do it. Um, yeah. But anyway, let's assume that Miami and Florida State, which has already been canceled once or postponed once because of a hurricane, Hurricane Irma, when that came through, uh, they can They postponed that game. Now they're going to play. I actually think it's probably a little beneficial that Florida State's had a little bit of time to to get ready. And I know Miami's the favorite. Last time that Miami was a favorite in Florida State, Florida State won. They won. I think it was 2005, something like that. And Florida yeah. State won a bad game. It was like 10-7. I'm picking Florida State again. I think Florida State figures out. A, I'm not. I'm still not sold on Mark Richt. I'm still not sold on Miami. I think this is too much for him. I think Florida State wins this game.
1: Well, they gave up a lot of yards to a, not a great, but an undefeated at the time Wake Forest team and and their quarterback who ran and threw the ball all over the place. But something, you know, there's some to be said for the fact that they took three weeks off because of the first hurricane. And they really had hadn't come around. I think now that they played a couple games, um, the quarterback looks a little more settled. I mean, Jimbo trusted him late in that game to take a shot on third and short, you know, to the end zone, and he hit it. Plays like that, and more experience this kid gets. The fact that it's at Florida State, right? Yep. So I I think the Seminoles bounce back. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna start to to uh, you know settle down a little bit here and not be so up and down.
0: Meanwhile, up in Gainesville, uh, Ed Orgeron and LSU comes oh, to boy. town, Jeez. taking on Florida. LSU's a train wreck. If Florida loses this game, then I think I mean lose- whoever loses this game, their coach is in trouble. That's it's the, the same. It's I been did. that way. We- it's been that way every week, hasn't it? I mean, Jim for, McElwain. For
1: pretty. We're just waiting for him to lose a game, and then you know, if you lose to the- now this is it. Now, if you lose that Orgeron, one of you guys is gonna gonna be on the unemployment line. I don't care which one. Um. So, but the way LSU is playing, they I don't think. To be honest, they must not have the athletes they've had in the past. I mean, I know Orgeron has not been a great head coach in terms of his record and everything, but just doesn't seem to me like, you know, just on talent alone, that that LSU, you know, should lose to Troy.
0: I mean Right. No, absolutely. Know, at not.
1: homecoming, for goodness sakes. So It's funny
0: because I ran into a uh I ran into a bull gator the other day, a real big oh gator booster, Guy, a guy you know. And I uh I don't want to throw him under the bus here, but I ran into him and I said, hey, is your boy going to make it? And he's like, damn it, that guy's the luckiest guy on the face of the earth. He was talking about <laughs> McElwain. I think half yeah. the Gator fans would love to get rid of him, but he goes, that guy's so damn lucky. I can't believe he wins every week. <laughs> and the next thing you know, yeah, they're going to be in the SEC championship game. They're going to get throttled by Alabama after finding a way to somehow beat Georgia in a Florida-Georgia game. But McElwain, I don't know, Rick, I guess his defense is just good enough every week to, to keep them around in games and then they find a way to score some points and uh, and they hit teams when when they're down like LSU and Tennessee and so forth. The uh, SEC I, is
1: bad. Let's put it, it that is. way. Can we yeah. just agree well, that that they're part of a very very bad SEC. That yes. that that conference is nothing anymore. And Alabama has sucked the life out of everybody. They're head Absolutely. and shoulders of everybody else. You want to give me Auburn as the next best team or Georgia? All right, big deal. They'll yeah. flatten those teams. So somebody's got to win the other division, but you know Florida can meander along because they're not that much different than anybody else. you know they're 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 around they're about as bad as Vanderbilt. they're about as bad as LSU right now. Um, you know, there's just not a big separation. The separation is only at the top so, yeah, they, they could win this game. And, and, hell, he may find himself at the end of the year with nine more wins again.
0: <laughs> he's going to. He's going to win nine games. They're going to somehow it's get into the SEC championship game. Yeah, And then you look at it and say, well, we can't fire him now. Um, but yeah. – I know there's some uh, just a little slip up in, like this weekend against LSU, and the, and the Buzzards will start circling. So, a uh, big couple of days coming up here. Hopefully, the hurricane won't come here the, this way, but we got the Bucks and the Patriots coming up on Thursday night. As I said, Rick and I will record our podcast. From Raymond James Stadium immediately after the game. Then on Friday, the Lightning opens up their season. We have an interview with Joe Smith, Lightning beat writer from the Tampa Bay Times. We'll have that for you on Friday uh, on Friday's podcast. And baseball playoffs, crank it up as well. And uh, and then of course Saturday, a big weekend of college football. So next time we'll talk to you. We'll be uh, after the game on Thursday night between the Bucks and the Patriots. So we'll see you guys on Friday.